0: Hello and thank you for joining me, Philippa Richard, on the Enriching Design podcast, talking about how design can make homes and cities better for people and better for the planet. When you're struggling because your home feels too small and everything's a bit cramped and squashed, it can be easy to look around and think, I need more space, but there just isn't any. And I can't just click my fingers or wiggle my nose and invent more space. It's true you can't do those things. I wish you could. Um, But there often are things you can do. And maybe there are more options than you would be aware of. So what I'm going to do here is actually run through most of the options as i see them now they might not all be applicable to your situation but probably there's going to be at least one or two that would work for you so going almost from the the outside in will work that way start off if you've got your own home if you've got a a property on its own plot of land then you can start off by seeing do you have underused space actually within the plot Because if you have a reasonable bit of land and there is extra space you can put there, you can move some things that might typically be taking space in the house and put those outside. Now, I suppose at its most extreme things, this would be actually extending the house out into the garden and actually gaining extra space that way. That's obviously one of the most expensive options, but probably gives you a really, really good return in terms of improving the overall space of your home. Another one is actually building some kind of outhouse, outbuilding, or even converting an existing outbuilding. Those spaces could be used for things like home office, playroom, music thing. It could be a spare bedroom if you include, um, you know, kind of services like a bit of plumbing and the heating and things. So depending on the quality of that building, that could be a really useful space. Um, and even if you're not going to that extent, um, I did actually work with a woman um, in one job and she shifted her laundry out into kind of the garden shed. So she had a washing machine and dryer but then she also had space to set up her ironing board. And so she just had a whole laundry process out there rather than having it cluttering up the kitchen. Then we look at options within the structure of the existing building. So underused spaces there could be things like lofts, garages, basements, all of which could be then converted with some work into Livable spaces. But obviously, these are still areas that are going to take some effort. The next one down the line would be underused rooms. Now, if you've ever watched the certainly the UK version of um, Love It and List It, one of the first things they tend to do is set up cameras in somebody's home to monitor which rooms they actually use. And more importantly, which ones they rarely ever go in. Those spaces, once you identify them, are ripe for development. Typically, we're looking at things like the old fashioned formal dining room, but also spare bedrooms and even corridors. Corridors actually can be can take up quite a lot of space in a home and they're not very usable space and for reasons I can go into in another podcast I can explain how having a walkway inside a room even if it's going in the same place potentially feels bigger and actually needs less floor area than if you have a corridor where you've got walls at the side of you. The next bit would be looking at floor space within rooms so rooms that are larger than they actually need to be now when I'm doing a floor plan for something I will have if I was doing a bathroom for example you would have the size of the bath or shower and the toilet so you you know what dimensions what area each of those items take then you know that they need a certain amount of space around them for comfort for actual use so the smallest amount of space that a bathroom could take for example is the floor space of each of those um, items so the bath the toilet the sink plus the the comfort space for those but obviously if you're not going to be using all of them at the same time then the comfort space for each could overlap And that would give you, in effect, the smallest space for that activity. Okay, so lots of ideas up to now, but I still haven't finished. That was looking at the floor area within a room. Then we can look at underutilised volume within a room. And here I'm looking up in the space. So making sure that we're making use of the volume of the room. So areas here where typically you could, for example, put more storage into a space and therefore maybe release floor space to make that feel more open is building up into corners. You can also get storage, things like um, small cupboards or a bookshelf running along the top of the room, going over where the doors are. Now, you might think that putting storage kind of around the room at the ceiling height would make the room and the ceiling feel shorter. So obviously in a tall room, that's obviously going to be a good idea. But you might think you shouldn't do it in in a room that has a relatively low ceiling. But it's actually almost the opposite in that this really adds to the feeling of the room. Because if you have something lower over you as you walk into the room, so in effect, you're walking through almost a little corridor as you go into the room, you have this sense of the ceiling being lower and of it being, you're kind of being squashed, I suppose. But then as you move into the rest of the space, it feels as though the rest of the ceiling is taller by comparison. So you're gaining quite useful storage around the top of the room and you're also making that ceiling feel taller than it was. And then the areas underneath that storage, if you have something like a bed or a table or a sofa, those areas are actually going to feel quite cosy now because they've got that slightly lowered ceiling. So they're going to feel like really cosy spaces. The final area where I think you can find extra space is when within a room you've actually got furniture that is bigger than it needs to be. This could typically be things like sofas. Often sofas are a lot bigger than they need to be or Things like the arms on an armchair or a sofa are really wide and maybe they've got curly bits. We used to have this and we we eventually got rid of that sofa. Um, And when we bought a replacement, we picked one that had quite narrow, slim arms so that for the amount of space that the sofa is taking in the room, you've got more relative sitting space because it's not all being used by arm. Within a dining area, um, bench seating, either against a wall or even just open in a room, is going to take less space than chairs that you have to push in and out. And Similarly, chairs that actually have arms on them or come round you in some way, those are going to need the most room of all because for somebody to get up out of their chair, if they're next to somebody else, or if there's say, three in a row... Somebody actually has to push their chair out and then to get out of their seat. They've got to put it almost fully back past the other people before somebody can actually swing round and climb out of that chair. Whereas if you're on a bench, it is a bit of shuffling, but that does mean you use less space within the room to fulfill the same function which is one of the reasons why so many restaurants will actually use bench seating and nooks and things. It's just because it does make far more efficient use of the space. Well, thank you for joining in. You were just listening to the Enriching Design podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and be sure to head over to digonhome.com and join the email list and our Facebook group for updates and personal offers